Dear friends of Christ, in these first Sundays of our fall schedule, we have tried to highlight in various ways through sermons and in other ways how important it is to have fresh starts in our lives for us as individuals and as our families. And often we consider fresh starts when we, we look at various areas of our lives and we, we go back to our roots and we, we think about the important priorities of our lives and the foundations uh, of our life as well. The assigned text for this day, the gospel text that Shirley read for us this morning, takes us back to the beginning, to the foundation of the institution of marriage. And so if we're going to have a fresh start in our marriages as well, it makes sense to look back at the foundational statement in God's word about the original intention for marriage. We read that the Pharisees had come to Jesus with the intention of trying to trap him, as they did quite often. Trap him into getting entangled in a controversial moral issue. They asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Well, that's a loaded question. Divorce was a a very controversial subject among the Jews of Jesus' day, among the rabbis especially, and it would be sure to displease somebody, whatever Jesus answered uh, to their question. It may even be such that they could even arrest him, depending on how he reacted to their question. But as he usually did, Jesus ignored the current debate of the, the trap that they were setting for him and instead focused attention on the Word of God and what the Word of God says about marriage. He could have launched into a fiery sermon about, about divorce, but instead he chose to elevate the sacredness of marriage. And he reminded them what uh, God had in store from the very beginning for uh, marriage itself back in in the book of Genesis, where we read, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. We use those words often in our married services even today. The religious leaders often debated about what things they could get away with and still be okay in the eyes of God. Here they wanted to declare the the legal conditions for divorce. But Jesus wanted to focus instead on God's plan for marriage. Now it's evidence, there's no doubt about it from Scripture, that divorce is not God's intention for marriage. Sin does have a tendency to corrupt marriage, and sometimes divorce happens. But God forgives the wrongs that were done in marriage relationships, all marriage relationships, and he does this in the same way in every area of our life, including our relationship with our spouse. That is, if we confess our wrongs and indeed ask his forgiveness.
God's intention for marriage, Jesus says, is way back from the very beginning. It's, it's very evident. Two distinct sexes were created by God for the purpose of marriage. Thus a man is to break away from his family, from his parents, and to be joined to his wife. In other words, one plus one equals one. In that relationship, that's God's divine arithmetic. So husband and wife yoked together by their marriage vows in the presence of God, this relationship is to be a permanent relationship, lifelong. So Jesus has not dodged the Pharisees' question. No, by their own scriptures, they must admit that God's original intention for marriage has not changed. They couldn't say anything different. But even with that in mind, we do have to admit that, in fact, things in our world today are not always God's intention. In fact, a million marriages end in divorce every year. They end in divorce for a great variety of reasons. And there, there is separation, there is pain and hurt that often lasts a very long time. The church needs to care for those who are divorced as we care for others who are experiencing various trials in their lives. God knows the reasons for that divorce. Our job as Christians is to show care and compassion. We're called to surround these people with love and remind them that we love them and and God loves them as well. And as we do, healing can begin. But the work of the church and the message of Jesus is more than just trying to put a bandage on the pain. Our first priority as we deal with this issue is to lift up the importance of the institution of marriage as Jesus did with the Pharisees that particular day. And lift up why God intended it to be this type of relationship in the first first place. We, I, I believe we must start by talking to our, our children, even when they're very young, about these issues and what the Bible says about marriage and so on. We need to tell them and show them by our own example that when a man and a woman love and trust each other and love and trust God completely, then their relationship can be strong and fulfilling. We must tell them that it's important to pray for a marriage, to fight for their marriage, but never to stay in an abusive situation where there is love, where there is trust, then there can be oneness. And this is God's intention, not just physical oneness, but mental and psychological and spiritual oneness as well. Physical union can only be fully fulfilling when two people of the opposite sex have a union also of mind and heart. To experience, you see, that type of unity in every dimension of a marriage relationship, couples need to work hard. It's a big job to keep their marriage love alive and strong. 
This can only happen. This can only be done if Jesus is seen as the divine counselor, that third partner in their relationship that often shares love, advice, and wisdom to deal with the ups and downs of their life together. You see, our high divorce rate is not the real problem. It's our high bad marriage rate that the problem centers around. We need to do more in the church to help couples prepare for and strengthen their relationships. For the evil one works hard to come between what God has joined together. In pre-marriage counseling sessions, I do all I can, and I know Pastor Kurt does too, to remind couples of how important it is to see Jesus as that third partner in their relationship and, and to pray together to him and worship with him. I remind couples never to be embarrassed, to seek help if they find that there is a problem in their relationship that they just cannot work through themselves. The adult class sessions that we have on the topics of marriage and and uh, family and parenting can help couples, I believe, prevent and deal with some of those marital concerns as well. So many things that can be done as a church body, as as you as individual members and 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 as we uh, have programs and different sessions to help couples realize that there is hope for their relationships. So today, let's just for a couple moments consider some of those practical helps for keeping that marriage bond strong as we continue uh, to look at this important relationship that, that God instituted. First, see your partner, your spouse, not as a savior who's going to fulfill all of your needs, but as another wounded human being struggling with their own wounds as a person who needs to be healed. You know, all of us have hurts and wounds from childhood that cannot be just dismissed just because we get married. We need to understand our spouse's wounds. We each bring certain things to our married relationships, certain behaviors uh, from childhood that we've never dealt with. And we need to have God and our spouse work with us and help us when those wounds are open still. We need to pray individually and as a couple that God might heal and make whole those wounded spirits. Secondly, we need to realize that our spouse does not know intuitively all my, all my needs, what they are. We need to be honest about our needs and seek to develop clear channels of communication to understand what concerns and needs are on our mind and on our spouse's mind. The phrase, you should have known what I needed, just doesn't cut it. We don't know often what our spouse needs, and we need to be honest and upfront about those needs. Thirdly, we need to learn to value 
our spouse's needs and wishes as highly as our own and divert more of our energy towards meeting those needs rather than always thinking about what's best for us. Realize that a strong marriage doesn't come from picking the right partner, but from being the right partner. I'll say that again. Realize that a strong marriage does not come from picking the right partner, but from being the right partner. As time goes by, hopefully both partners in a marriage know that they need to adjust. Things don't stay the same. We need to adjust to changing circumstances. We need to remind each other every day of our love and commitment to each other and then to exercise an ongoing spirit of forgiveness. The Pharisees were concerned about marriage and divorce from a legal point of view. Jesus saw it as a divine matter. The question is not what is legal, but what is right in God's eyes. So let's ask God today to renew in us a design for marriage so that divorce doesn't have to be an issue for us. We, in, if divorce today is an issue that is, is in your mind, may you strive to know God's power for rekindling the fire of love in your present relationship and pray for healing that the brokenness might be mended and love would be recon- reconciled. Let us all bring today to the Holy Supper, the Lord's Supper, our failures in our relationships and ask God to forgive us so that renewal would take place. I'd like to pray for our marriages today and for marriages that you are close to. Some may be very strong And some may be very weak. So let's pray. Oh, Lord, you know the marriages that are in trouble and those that are strong. You know the needs of those relationships that are gathered here today and others that we know about. You know where we have failed, you and and our spouse. Give us a fresh start and a renewed hope that the broken pieces in our relationships can be repaired. We thank you for answered prayers and for the ways that you have renewed so many marriages. Keep us praying for your mighty power and wisdom in all our relationships. In your name, amen.